Welcome back to the Crash Course Podcast. My name is Craig Crash Collins, joined as always by Brandon Scott, otherwise known as B. Scott. Uh, a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to talk a lot of college football playoff, a lot of college football in general, talk about IU, Ball State, Notre Dame, all those teams um, that, um, you know, have, have really a lot of the Indiana schools this year had great seasons this year. So we're going to talk about uh, their postseason opportunities. I know, B. Scott, you're, you know, not super happy about how things went for Purdue. Um but, you know, all things considered, the other... Hey, we fired, we fired Bob Diaco. That's all that matters in the end. <laughs> no more Bob Diaco. No more Greg Brown. Maybe now we can actually have a defense that rushes the passer and corners and defense backs that actually turn their heads and look for a football. Hey, I mean, that would be, that would be you know, priority one, right? So maybe, uh, maybe that'll start to work out a little bit. But yeah, um, a lot of college football to get to. And honestly, B. Scott, with... Uh, you know, you know, I've had a lot, a little bit more time to get riled up about the college football playoff, you know, having taken yeah. last week off in, instead. Um, so I'm ready to go. You, you've been very riled up about this. I mean, anything that comes out in regards to towards your argument about the college football playoff, you have retweeted or shared. Yes. I mean, you, you're, you've been very, you've been very outspoken about this. I am ready to go. Is not, if there is not change because of what you have done, I don't, I don't, I don't think there, anything could ever change. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've, I've been very, you know, and it doesn't help that the Colts lost and the Cubs are talking about trading you, Darvish. So, like, like my sports barometer, uh, you know, my sports anger is just all coming through right now and is ready to go at the college football playoff. I mean. I even saw something you t- you retweeted or shared a bracket for a 16 team college football playoff that included Ball State. Yes, I mean and I mean obviously that would be at the uh, high end part of it, you know, 16 teams is probably a little bit too much. 8 is like the agreed upon um kind of number there, but I have I have one that we'll get to a little bit later. That's what they call in the biz a tease. Um, I will uh, get to that a little bit later um, of, a, of a system that I think would work. It'd be very exciting. I don't know if you'll go for it, B. Scott. Um, you'll kind of be my test because you're, you're the common sense guy on the show. I just kind of like, what if this happens? I'm the conspiracy theory, weird proposition guy. So you'll kind of keep me grounded in that respect. Well, let's hope I can do that. That's a big task. <laughs> so let's go ahead and hop right into it here. A lot to get to. Uh, tonight on the podcast. Uh, first things first, let's talk about those Indiana schools um, that had great seasons this year. We'll start with Ball State. They win the MAC. They upset Buffalo 38 to 28. They led 35 21 at halftime. I'll keep it a buck with you, B. Scott. I knew that the game was on, uh, but I kind of was lackadaisical as far as turning it on. I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, are you serious? I, I didn't watch the first half. I didn't watch. I, the- I watched the entire. Well, maybe I didn't watch the entire. I think I think I missed maybe like the first half of the first quarter. Yeah. I but I yeah. So I was kind of like, yeah, I'll turn it off. I'll get to it eventually. Is kind of the mindset. It's I not went surprising through. that you missed it because you did pick Buffalo. Yes, I win. picked. Bu- you well, were it- you were in that crowd of 
Ball State does not have a chance. Well, and the thing is, is that like I've seen this movie before, and I'm happy to be pleasantly surprised. I'll t- I'll take the L on this one as far as having picked Buffalo, um, because I you know we've seen this before. We saw we, I've I've literally lived through Ball State Buffalo MAC Championship. Ball State has a chance to win. But- and this that was a reverse script. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Buffalo came in heavily favored in this one, whereas Ball State came in heavily favored in the last one. Right. But we've seen this before as far as, like, Ball State having high aspirations. They go into a big game, and they lose. It's like that in basketball, too. Every year they go into the MAC, champ- the MAC tournament with, you know, big goals of potentially making the NCAA tournament and winning the MAC championship, and they fall apart, and they don't seem to win it. So I, I, was, I was not – you know, having been through the ringer before, I was not super, uh, super quick as far as getting the game turned on. But like I said, there was something different. There is just something different this year about this team. Yeah, and they absolutely handled Buffalo. I mean, that rushing attack that Buffalo had, I mean, the defense played out of their minds. Uh, you know, Drew Plitt had 273 yards and three touchdowns. He was on it. Uh, Brandon Martin had 13 tackles. Antonio Phillips, six tackles and an interception. Uh, it was a great game. It was a great ga- uh, played game on both sides. I was thinking about it earlier today before, you know, we started the Zoom call and went live and everything. I was like, who would have thought that between, like, you know, you had Nate Davis and Brady Hoke, you had Pete Lembo and Keith Winning, and then you get you finally get the MAC championship with Drew Plitt and Mike New. No, you didn't just have Keith Winning. You also had an NFL cow- – you had an NFL wide receiver in Willie Sneed. True, yes. And you on defense, you had at at one point a starting NFL defensive end in Jonathan Newsom, who sacked Peyton Manning, and I think strip sacked him, didn't he? He did, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, you know, and I'm and I'm happy. I'm happy that Ball State finally gets over the hump, gets the MAC championship. Um, you know, I think Mike New uh, Mike New's job is safe for now, which is good. I mean, there's, they have a lot of talent graduating, um, you know, coming up here, and so we'll see how long that kind of honeymoon phase after winning the MAC championship kind of lasts a little bit, but it did, I think it did buy him like an extra, at least a year or two. Cause yeah, Drew Plitt graduates this year. They lose their leading rusher, their leading receiver. Um, and it's going to be important for are them. Any to, of those guys coming back. That's what I'm saying is that those guys are, a lot of those guys are leaving is what I'm saying. Well, the question is though, have any, have them, any of them decided that they may come back? Cause remember this year was a free year of eligibility. Ooh, all of those yeah. guys can come back. True. So maybe, I mean, maybe that'll be part of it. Cause we I, you know, Caleb Huntley is not, we do know that because he opted out of the Mac championship to prepare for the NFL draft. He did. He stated that. So yeah. he's as, as of now, he's the only one that we know for certain. True. I forgot all about Bruce that. Play, so put together a finally put together a solid season of without any injuries and everything like that. A lot of that team did maybe another year of coming of bringing that running that back and showing people what they have when they're, when they're healthy again, is going to improve stock for a lot of these guys. Yeah. And that's but at a the good same point. time, a lot of these guys could also jump while the, while the iron's hot and put their name into that transfer portal as well. Yeah. And that's what kind of what I have on the, on the sheet here is that it's important for ball state to keep that momentum into 2021. So yeah, if that means that they run it back, with Drew Plitt and some of the talent they're losing that they would have normally lost in a normal offseason, that would be fantastic. But yeah, I mean, at, at, at its core, it was great to see, you know, a Ball State team finally get the win. And we'll see if that actually carries over into their first bowl win 
in school history. Um, you know, because you know it was really exciting to see them finally get over that hump, and, and I'm happy for Mike New because at the beginning we loved the Mike New hire. Um, and he had oh, a we, we had a solid first season um, at the helm, and then I mean there was a few years where you know they were played by injuries. There was a few years More where they few. just yeah. More, I would say that has been this that has been the um, the biggest key to the Mike New era has been injuries. Yeah, to be honest, I, I I feel like his whole tenure has been plagued by injuries, and finally we got to see what he's capable of with a uh, a full healthy roster in, in, in sense and look look what happened they won the mac championship yeah so very happy for for ball state and them getting the win and we'll see what they have for san diego or not san diego state san jose state now that would be an awesome put that on the redemption trail as well if they if it was san diego state that have that opportunity to you know you beat buffalo in the mac championship game and then you go and you get to play san diego state in a bowl game the team that really kind of ripped Ball State's heart out uh, by signing Brady Hoke away prior to the uh, MAC championship game. Yeah, that was such a weird. That was the a partner. yeah. That was because yeah, because yeah, didn't he go? He went Ball State, San Diego State, uh, Michigan, right? Yeah. What a weird kind of stepping stone, kind of you know, in between there. But I mean. You know, it you know, works out, I guess, you know, for all parties there. But, but yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to watch the bowl game and see what they can do. Yeah, me too. Um, and it's on my birthday. There you go. Be, dear Happy Ball State, give B. Scott the present of a the first bowl win in program history, please. But, you know, I feel more confident going into this bowl game than I did uh, when they lost to Buffalo in the, the MAC championship back in 08 mostly because momentum mm. and also then we, you just kind of looked at it and you go, man, they are, they lost this game because Brady Hoke jumped ship and you know, there's, there's none of that. So I, I feel like I have, I have a lot more confidence in ball state going into this uh, bowl game than I've had in the other one. I mean, I guess other than the ones when, then when Keith winning was our quarterback. Well, I mean, even, I don't know. I'm going into it with some like hopeful optimism because like they kind of backed into their other bowl games as far as like they none of them were coming off of the MAC championship, obviously. So like mm-hmm. you have the whole Brady Hug deal. I mean, I, who knows how into it Nate Davis was after the undefeated season was over. Um, and then you have a year where they play Arkansas State, who's always kind of a sneaky good, you know, mid-major team when they play him when Keith Winning was there. Um, I think that might have been the only bull trip that the. No, Cardinals we had. also remember we played FAU. Oh, yeah. Well, we played F. No, we didn't play FAU. We played UCF. Yeah, the, uh, U- uh, yeah, UCF. Yeah. yeah, we were, and I was at that game, so I'm surprised I forgot it. But yeah, um, <laughs> Blake Bortles ran all over uh, Ball State that night. So yeah, I mean, you know, I, I am I am cautiously optimistic because Sandy uh, San Jose State is a very good team. I mean, they're ranked for a reason. So, but also Buffalo is ranked, so we'll see what happens. All right, so uh, another team from Indiana that had a good season this year, obviously, was IU. They are headed to the Outback Bowl. They will face Ole Miss on January 2nd. Um, and you know what? A lot of people, up at, you know, a lot of IU fans, up in arms about how you know they got gypped. They should have been in the New Year's Six Bowl, whatever. And you know what? 
Uh-huh. At the same time, for me, you know, I have it written down here. They haven't won a bowl game in my lifetime. Uh, they're 0 and 5 uh, since 1991. That was the year I was born. The Outbacks and the Outback Bowl to me is still, I mean, it's not a New Year's Six Bowl. I'm sure there's some extra money and stuff and incentives to get there. But well, at the same time, the yeah, Outback yeah. Bowl is still, the Outback Bowl is still, the Outback Bowl is still, it's still playing on New Year's Day, don't they? Yeah, well, it, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's still a, as far when I was growing up, prior to the, college football playoff and bowl games becoming basically meaningless outside of the playoff. The Outback Bowl was something you strived for to be able to get to a New Year's New Year's Day bowl game. And that was a New Year's Day that, that's a New Year's Day bowl game and that's what you wanted to get to. Um because at the time it wasn't just a free for all to get into the New Year's 6. I mean, it was, you had your BCS Bowls and you had your New Year's Day Bowls that were not BCS Bowls. And those were highly attainable or those were like goal-worthy bowl games to try to get yourself into. Um, I mean, I remember some great matchups between in the Outback Bowl and then the Capital One Bowl. Those were the two that are played in Florida, New Year's Day, that match up Big Ten versus SEC and Outback Bowl one year. Purdue and Georgia. I mean, it was a game that went into like triple overtime. I think it was mm-hmm. I mean, Kyle Orton. And it, it was a game that Purdue should have won, but a botched myth or a bot. I don't know. A, a weird, no good field goal call that if there was replay would have been overturned as an actual field goal was the end of that game. So, I mean, the Outback bowl is no slouch whatsoever typically now i can see why people are up in arms a little bit this year because typically the outback bowl sees maybe the the third best sec team play in it um obviously the outback bowl has lost some of its esteem because of the designation of new year six i hate that that's that's silly but in typical years, you would not see a four and five Ole Miss playing in the Outback Bowl. Ole Miss wouldn't have made a bowl game regardless with that record. So, um, it, yeah, I can see – I can understand why they're upset because I, can, I feel like they feel like they got gypped more so in their opponent than not making a New Year's Six bowl game. Yeah, and that could be that could be true. And, and and the best way for them to describe that feeling is we got gypped by not making a New Year's Six bowl game. We just because you look at New Year's Six and it's a higher level opponent. And I mean that's that's true. It is. I I think it's more so they're just upset that they have to play a four and five Ole Miss. So if they go out there win this game, it's got an asterisk on it. In essence, congratulations, you won a bowl game, but you beat a team that pro- that should had no business of being in a bowl game. And I can see that's where the frustration I feel like could be coming from. But at the same time, IU football fans, you need to sit down and shut up because your football team was actually relevant this year. And you didn't have to, I mean, we all know you IU football fans are so used to your actual football program, Notre Dame, being ranked up there in the top, that you feel like your Indiana Hoosiers were gypped because you're so used to what you get from Notre Dame. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I completely agree. And that's kind of, that's what I have down on here is the fact that I have, uh, you know, don't let disrespect ruin what was a great season for IU, arguably the best season they've had in years. The fact that they finally, and, and like also, like, yes, you know, they're playing against a four and five, uh, you know, SEC team. But at the end of the day, I mean, when you really look at it, you know, I know I was hyping up IU at the beginning of the year. And I still feel like they're a good team. And I still, you know, I mean, heck, I was, you know, almost correct on that pick of them beating Ohio State. They came uh, kind of close to pulling that comeback out. Um, but, you know, it's it, it, the Big Ten was down this year. Wisconsin wasn't Wisconsin. Michigan wasn't Michigan, or at least they weren't, you know, they were, they were worse than they usually typically are. Um, you know, the teams that they beat along the line and into these long streaks against uh, were teams that were not very good at the end of the day. The Big Ten was not what it normally is. Even Ohio State, like, Ohio State's looked good and playoff caliber at times, but there's been other times where first half against Nebraska, the end of the game against IU, first half against Northwestern. And I'm not, not saying they have to play perfect halves every time out, but at the same time, there's been times where they've looked beatable. So the Big Ten as a conference has looked down this year. So, I mean, IU – had a great season in a year the Big Ten was down and is ranked higher than the, I, they've been ranked since I've – I mean, I mean, I thought – I'm you know, thinking back to some of the players. I mean, I've never had, seen them move up past 22. Right. They've been ranked – I mean, I'm sure, like, maybe in the Antoine Randall-L days they might have yeah, been ranked. maybe. I don't even think they got as high as they got – I don't think they ever cracked the top 10 or even the top 15 under, right. with Antoine randall Well, not not that high, but, I mean, like, the last time I remember them even being, like, ranked. Oh, like, no, they've been like, ranked here like, recently. Maybe in, like, the Terry Hebner days, maybe? Yeah, I, I believe so. I think maybe even under Kevin Wilson they were once maybe. as well. But they got up to like 22 or 23 was the highest. And then they got beat and got knocked back out. They've spent like a week there. And don't, and like, don't they have a lot of talent coming back next season too? So like in a full season, we'll, we'll see. We'll again, that's true, yeah. everybody is so up in, up in the air because of this whole transfer rule thing. I mean, they've already, let's be honest. A lot of these IU players that are draft eligible, I have a feeling are going to jump. Maybe while, jump while you can. I mean, WAP failure is his stock going to get any higher by coming back next year? Probably not. Probably not. Um, now I do. I mean, they lost recruiting wise. One of the top, one of the best recruits they've gotten in program history last year, a wide receiver. He put his name in the transfer portal already. So there's some depth for a wide receiver gone. Now, they do have a great situation coming back at quarterback. You still have Michael Penix. You got, um, I think it's Jack Tuttle. Yeah. Tuttle. And then you're also bringing in um, true freshman Donovan McCauley out of India from Indianapolis. So from, yeah. from my old high school, Lawrence North. So that's, go. that's going to be a, that's, that's, that's pretty big right there to you. You're going to have, you have strong leadership and, uh, talent at a very key position um, no matter what conference you play in but bottom line I mean you know you know I've heard it all through you know the years of working on the uh, IU broadcast and by broadcast I mean I worked in an affiliate and pressed the button every hour um I still it's, it's I something still do, right? do what you gotta do <laughs> um but no you, you uh, could have not you could have chosen not to press the button 
It, and there would be no broadcast. True, true. Uh, so dude, you, the helped, of, you, you were the broadcast. Quick, you helped quick, the broadcast in, at the tip of your finger. Quick aside from that real quick. So for those of you who don't know, you know, all I did was work at, you know, the ESPN radio and affiliate in Indy that has the IU games. So I had to press the station ID every hour. Uh, there were times where they didn't break for the ID. I had, I would pod them down and press the ID because they would not take the ID break at the top of the hour. <laughs> I, I was so aggravating as someone that's like, what do I do? Do I pod down the, you know, the school that's paying the station however much to hold their games or whatever, however that works or, you know, what? So it was very stressful. It was a very stressful job. At the time. Made the right decision. <laughs> Um, but no, what I was getting to though, is the fact that like every year, you know, you hear, like I've had to hear at least on the IE broadcast about how they're disrespected. They're, you know, the big 10 is against them because every time they play against Michigan and Wisconsin and Penn state, there's always calls that don't go their way that should go their way. And that the big 10 is just out to get them. They finally have a good season and now they want to ruin it by being like, well, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Like it went exactly how it should have gone, you know, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get to it a little bit later, but there's a chance, even if, even if the big 10 doesn't change the rules for Ohio state, there's not a guarantee that IU would even have been able to play in the big 10 championship game or have been able to do really much of anything like they. Um, no, they wouldn't have been able to, because guess what? The week of the big 10 championship game, they were supposed to play Purdue. Right, that's what I mean. They yeah. both called that off because they had too many COVID issues on both at both schools. So, so yeah, so you know, IU be thankful of a good season, and but guess we'll, what? Michigan, Penn State, and Wisconsin; those schools aren't going to stay down for long. Nope, that is that is very true. Um, last uh, Indiana school we're going to talk about here tonight is uh, well, I mean, for the time or, you know until we get on to our hot and cold segments uh, here in a bit. But uh, Notre Dame uh, is headed to the college football playoff. They will uh, face Alabama in the Rose Bowl. Um, they did lose 34 to 10 in the ACC title game to Clemson. Um, and this is just, you know, same, same story, different year. Uh, Notre Dame gets into a big game. I like what we talked about with Ball State a little bit. Like the fact that like, it's just kind of same old story or had been same old story is, you know, they get into a big game and they lose. I mean, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm surprised that they lost the way that they lost because, you know, we had we had hyped up Notre Dame. We we're like, you know what, Notre Dame, you know, played. They still had to go out and beat Clemson. They still had to go out and do it the first time they played. They did it. Yes, there was a lot of absences, but this Notre Dame team is actually better. Um, they can still hang with Clemson, even if it, even if Clemson is at full song. So we'll see what they can do. Um, but now that the you know now that it's happened and they lost by twenty four points, you know, I'm like, I really honestly shouldn't have been surprised about that. I mean. You know, the loss to Alabama, the, you know, they lost to Alabama in the national title game. They lost to the Ohio State in the Fiesta Bowl, I think at least once, maybe twice. They lost uh, to Miami. Oh, it, it was twice, but the other one was like way back in the early 2000s. Oh, okay. I think um, that was back even when, I think uh, yeah. Charlie Weiss was the coach. I think that was Brady Quinn years too. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Brady Quinn's sister was, um, or AJ Hawk, the linebacker for right, Ohio State, his sister. Right. Or, his sister was engaged to Brady Quinn or vice versa. I forget how it was. But the, um, as a ranked, yeah, I think they were ranked in the top. They were ranked pretty highly when they lost to Miami in 2017. Um, they then lose to Clemson, the college football playoff a couple of years ago and the ACC title game versus Clemson. Just any big game that Notre Dame plays in, they lose, which is kind of part of the reason 
why <laughs> I'm not only annoyed that they're in the college football playoff, but just kind of annoyed in general that, you know, we put any stock in them whatsoever because every time they get into a big opportunity, they fall short. Yeah, it, it's true. And I mean, if you're a betting person, put money on the money line for Alabama. I mean, I don't know. It's going to be one of those deals that Notre Dame is always going to be Notre Dame. After this year, they're going to go back to being an independent, you know, load up their schedule with a bunch of cupcakes. They're going to play Wake Forest and UConn and Boston College and Syracuse and all these schools. And, oh, look, but we played USC Stanford and Stanford, so we're, we're okay. And – you know, they'll always consistently be right there in the conversation for the college football playoff without having done really anything. Now, this year, they did actually do something by, you know, temporarily joining the ACC, beating Clemson once, and then, you know. They're never joining a conference again, by the way. Like, oh even God, if no. after they got like, embarrassed in the conference. Now, had they won, had oh they yeah. won the ACC, it may have been considered. But getting yeah. embarrassed like they did in the ACC championship game, they're like, no way do we want to have to do this again. Well, and why would they? Why would they care? Because I mean, as we're going to talk about here in a little bit, conference championships don't matter. So why would you put yourself in position to basically play a play-in game every year for the college football playoff when you could just go undefeated? How do they not matter? How do they not matter? The only team to not get in was a one-loss Notre Dame team who lost in a conference championship. What do you mean? How do you, the conference championships not matter? To the playoff committee, they don't. Alabama Ohio, won their oh, conference championship. Oh, okay. Clemson won their conference championship. Ohio State won their conference no, championship. In general, they do not matter. Ohio State's made it in as a non, like as a non-conference championship winner over a Penn State team that beat them in the regular season. There, there have been. I mean, like we're going to talk about here in a little bit, or I can just go ahead and talk about it now. I guess USC had USC won, they would have the same record as Ohio State and be an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, and they like were ranked 15th. I don't think a win over Oregon puts them anywhere close to the top six, or maybe even a New Year's Six Bowl. I mean, maybe because Oregon got a New Year's Six Bowl. But, um, but I mean, conference championships do not matter. Had, had Northwestern beat Ohio State, Northwestern's not in the college football playoff. They don't care about any team in the Big Ten besides Ohio State. It, uh, Iowa State, had they won o against uh, Oklahoma, we would have had a discussion about whether or not Notre Dame, who lost their conference championship game, should be in over Iowa State, who won. So I think, I, I think that would have been a conversation that they would have seriously looked at, though. Right, but I'm saying, but I'm saying at, Notre Dame probably Iowa wins State that argument. That, game, that would have been a much better win than Notre but, Dame. Iowa State has two losses, and yes, they would have two wins over Oklahoma, but that they at the time they were what they were six. So I mean, the fact that that would even be a discussion let Notre Dame in, who gets embarrassed by twenty four in the ACC championship game, who opens at seventeen point underdogs to Alabama. There would have been discussion on whether or not to let a bit power five a, a school that were from a conference we're calling a power conference, whether or not they should actually be in as a winner of a power five conference over Notre Dame who lost their conference championship. I, I will Con be honest. I, I, will, I will say had Iowa state won, I, I think 
the argument for there would have been a, a much better argument for keeping Notre Dame out and putting Iowa State in. But because Iowa State lost, there's no way you're looking at putting a Texas A&M team in at four for them to have a rematch against Alabama that they've already lost once. Well, right. So, so I, I, but I think if Iowa State had won, I think, I think it would have been, it would have been a much, it would have been a lot bigger of an argument. But the fact that happy. we can't definitively say that Notre Dame still would be out is bonkers to me. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like last year, if like last year, Virginia played Clemson and they played a pretty, I mean, it was like they came out strong. They ended up getting obliterated. But like, had Virginia won, Virginia wouldn't have been in the college football playoff. They beat a team that played for a national championship and won a national championship the year before. They wouldn't have been considered. So conference championships do not matter in, in college football and, and essentially college sports in general because. You can, I mean, if you're basically, if, if you are preseason top four and you hold rank, yeah, it, you, you're good. Yeah, you can. But, I mean, but in order to hold rank, you also do have to win right. your games. And for yeah. some of these schools, that's easier said than done in, with the conferences that you're in. So, yeah, see, because the whole idea which, it, to me it, is a big reason why Cincinnati is nowhere near the conversation. We'll See, get into that later. Yeah, like, you and I disagree on that. But, like, that's what I'm saying. Because I know in the, in the beginning, the conversation was, was, ooh, see, it's four because there's five power conferences. That means one conference champion will not get in. And now it just doesn't even we matter. We already know who that conference champion is. <laughs> yeah, the Pac-12. You're out, <laughs> but you're out. Um, as somebody said, I think it was Joel Klatt said it today or yesterday, the Pac-12 is essentially in football – become irrelevant yeah it has it's not because they played their games after 10 o'clock because they didn't do that this year it's just that they i don't know the brand of football they put out there is just not at the same level even from the eye test it's not at the same level as every other power five conference one last thing i do want to say about notre dame is that i i don't see because I don't know, I mean, I don't know what the future of Brian Kelly is. Obviously, it's not going to get like we're not. They're not going to be rid of him anytime soon. But you know, they're kind of in the same boat as as Michigan in my eyes, as far as like they're too prideful of a program to go with you know to not go with a big name, a flashy hire, you know, flashy this, flashy that, um, because they're afraid of a few rough seasons to get back to relevance. Like I think there's coaches out relevance. there that. Can, this is a team that's consistently preseason no. top five. No, I listen to the entire argument. What I'm saying is, is that that Notre Dame right now, when they have to play a good team, is not a good team. They they always seem to flounder. There's a couple of exceptions to that rule, but whenever they have to go up against the cream of the crop teams that they should be. Be able, they should be able to compete against to be in the conversation every year. They don't add up. And I'm saying is they could, I'm sure there is a coach or two out there that isn't a flashy hire that could, yeah, Notre Dame would be bad for maybe a, a year or two, and maybe not even that. And then they could actually go out and recruit. Because remember, Clemson wasn't a great school before Dabo Sweeney. I, no one had ever heard of, or at least I hadn't, Nobody had ever heard of Dabo Sweeney before he took the job at Clemson. 
And yet now he has turned Clemson into a powerhouse. Notre, and you know why? Because Clemson doesn't, I mean, Clemson has a history, but it's not a storied history like Notre Dame. So Notre Dame is like, you want us to take the, we, the next Dabo Sweeney may be out there, but he's not Lincoln Riley. So I'm just throwing out a name. Uh, you know, he's not, he's not Luke Fickle. He's not Luke Fickle. So we don't want, we don't want him. We, we would rather have the flashy hire. We would rather, you know, Jim Harbaugh leave Michigan for Notre Dame. That's not going to happen. I'm just saying. Like, you know, we'd rather have the big name flashy hire because we're Notre Dame. Like, the big name should want to come here. But because they don't want to do that, they don't want to go out and, and get the, you know, unproven guy that has proven it at smaller schools and can maybe build it up to be a competitor in these like games. Like Jim Tressel. Think yeah. about it. Think about right. it. Jim Tressel came from Youngstown State. Exactly. Like, that's and what I'm saying. Brought Ohio State back to big-time relevance after uh, Jim Young. Right. That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, I, like, would Notre Dame do that? I mean, they they went out and got Brian Kelly, who was the big flashy hire from Cincinnati. They went and got Charlie Weiss because he was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Now, obviously, one has done really well. One has, did not do very well. And, you know. I mean, Charlie Weiss started off really well because Tyler Willingham left the cupboard very, very full. Oh, yes. Very full. Yes. And it's hard. it was hard to lose with Tyrone Willingham's recruits. Love or hate Tyrone Willingham. I think Tyrone, I love, I love him. Tyrone Willingham was a, was a good coach for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. He just wasn't winning enough games for Notre Dame. Well, even if you think about it, Notre Dame truly hasn't been a, as you're in your terms of relevant since Lou Holtz. That's why I'm like, they, what I'm saying is they think they're that relevant and they're not, but is what I'm on saying. paper, they are. On paper, you are relevant if you are a year-in, year-out top five team bringing in some of the best recruits in the nation year-in, year-out, you know. And I, I, it's, I would much – you bring Michigan into the argument, kind of that – you're comparing that, those situations. I would much rather be in Notre Dame's situation than in Michigan's situation. You know, Notre Dame has a system in place. Notre Dame's system is winning them football games. Notre Dame's system is getting them into the college football playoff. Is it making them competitive in the college football playoff? No, but it's getting them into the college football playoff. And then you look at Michigan. Michigan has no system. Michigan has no success. It's, I don't know. I feel like I would much rather be a Notre Dame situation than Michigan's. Oh yeah, I mean absolutely. And I, I was only saying that. Look at college football as a whole. Is it's it, there's only two programs that are truly relevant. Two, yeah, Alabama and Clemson, and everybody else is just playing catch up. Yeah, pretty much. I mean LSU last year. I feel like LSU backed into a great year. With, I don't know. I just feel like everything kind of fell fell right for them with Joe Burrow just having this magical season that he had. Um, they're deep. I mean, cause you, you look, look how hard they fell this year. I know they had a lot of COVID issues and opt outs and everything like that. And they lost a lot to the draft, but those consistent relevant programs are able to maintain that Notre Dame's able to maintain that. Yeah. They had, they, they kind of got away from what their system was there a while back and they went six and six one year. I think it was, but they got back to their their style, their system, and it's 
paid off again. Um, but it, it's at the same time, if you're, you're wanting to go out and hire, try to hire a unknown commodity, it's really tough these days when a coordinator, if he has one bad season, gets canned. Yeah. You know, or a head coach is going down the drain and that last ditch effort that that coach has to write the ship is the athletic director basically says, we're going to clear your staff and I'm bringing in the guys I want to bring in and we'll see if we can get this thing right. You know, and that, that happens a lot of times. I mean, look, it happened at Purdue. Well, not really. Cause the, one of the guys that got kept was a really good guy. Really? I guess right now, if you are wanting to hire an unproven commodity, the one name that's out there that everybody should be trying to grab as their next head coach who has no head coaching experience, Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator at Cincinnati. Um, after Daryl Hazel was let go, Freeman was kept on. One of the coaches, he probably should have been, if Brom didn't bring in Nick Holt, they should have kept Marcus Freeman, but Marcus Freeman ended up getting picked up by Luke Fickle. Now Cincinnati set themselves up very nicely because of Fickle ever jumps to a bigger program. Um, Marcus Freeman is in line essentially to take over that as the head coach at Cincinnati. And I, I believe do big things there. So, but if you look at coordinators that are unproven, uh, you know, that if you're looking for that next small guy, I mean, the route that Clemson took to get Dabo, that's, that's difficult. You know, even Jim Tressel was a proven commodity at Youngstown state winning national titles at that level. So it's, it's tough just to go out there and find that next Dabo. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah, I know they don't. Like you said, trying to be, you know, become more, become stay or become relevant. Like I said, there's only two school, only two programs that are relevant in college right now. And that's what I'm saying though, is that like, I don't like, I know like as far as like relevance, as far as being ranked every year, whatever, being in the conversation, yes, Notre Dame is relevant, but like they're nowhere near like capable right now of contending for a national championship. But like, is actually anybody, anybody outside of Alabama and Clemson? I mean, you could make the argument, you know, Ohio State was pretty close last year to beating Clemson. Ohio State Ohio, could be pretty close this year, depending on depending on which Ohio State team shows decides to and show depending up. on which Clemson team shows up too. Right, but even even out of just those three, yeah, who who else is ready to contend amongst? And I'm glad, and I'm glad that you bring up that point because we're going to get to it here in hot and cold. Which uh, let's transition over there uh, right after these ads because we're like 40 minutes in. We should probably get to the ads. Um, so let's go ahead. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So uh, let's go ahead and get some words from Anchor. We also want to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter, Crash Course FM. Like us on Facebook, Crash Course Podcast. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. A new video coming out at the end of this week. It's our best of 2020s. That's a YouTube exclusive this year, so you won't miss that, Crash Course Podcast. Uh, If you are on the listening side, the audio side, uh, make sure you go follow the Twitch, where we record live every week, uh, 3C Media. Uh, twitch.tv slash 3c media and then of course listen every week on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify 
wherever podcasts can be heard, you can hear the Crash Course podcast. So uh, we're going to get into hot or cold. Um, basically, that's a segment where I say a statement and B. Scott and I decide if that is a hot take or a cold take. So starting off with question number one, Ball State will win their first ever bowl game versus San Jose State. Uh, for me, that's a cold take. And you know what? I'm doing it the same way that I did Buffalo. I will be, you know, pleasantly surprised. Maybe my cl- crash kit, maybe I finally realized how to harness the crash kiss of death and I can just start, you know, picking against the teams I want to see win. Um, but San Jose State is a very good team. They're 7-0. and They've beaten every team on their schedule this week uh, or this year by um, by two possessions. Um, and that includes Boise State in the Mountain West Championship game. Boise State was another ranked team. So San Jose State is no slouch this season. Uh, they're going to be a tough opponent for Ball State, even tougher, I think, than Buffalo was. Um, so it'll be a fun game, an interesting game. Um, but I'm going to kind of do the same thing. I'm going to look at it the same way I did the Buffalo game. I'm hopeful that Ball State gets their first win. Obviously, as a Muncie native, um, you know, Ball State alum, um, you know, I'm hoping that Ball State finally pulls it out. Um, but I do think San Jose State's just a little bit better. Um, I'm going to do the exact same thing. I'm going to say this is a hot take. You know, last day of 2020, why not Ball State this year? I said the same thing about the MAC championship, and they came out. Like I said earlier, this, this, there's just something different about this team. They play with a chip on their shoulder. Um, you know, they, they've been kind of underdogs all season long. I mean, they had to win five straight games to even go to the MAC championship game. Yeah, so. that's true. They and this, they're 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 a competent team. They play within their themselves, but they play with that chip on their shoulder. And um, it may be one of those instances where San Jose State feels kind of snubbed having to play Ball State. Who's that? And the and, Arizona Bowl, not even a, a little yeah. bit better of a bowl. They, maybe they feel like they got snubbed of a New Year's Six Bowl. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I, who knows? It's 2020. Weirder things have happened this year. So I'm going to say it's a hot take. Ball State gets their first win. And, you know, if they don't, they still have a MAC championship to fall back on. Absolutely. It's not, a, it's not a, a, a bummer of a season if they don't win the bowl game. They still won a MAC championship when they shouldn't have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely still a, a banner year. We won't be like IU fans. We will accept our our, our good season, and, and the bowl game is icing on the cake for that season. Speaking hey, at of, least we get to play a better opponent. <laughs> true. Very true. Uh, IU, and the question number two, IU was robbed of a New Year's Six Bowl. For me, that is a cold take. Kind of what we are talking about earlier, and, and you mentioned it earlier, the fact that, you know, they uh, couldn't play Purdue either time. They were supposed to play them twice. Two they, weeks in a row. Yeah, they uh, and they couldn't play either time due to COVID. So anybody out there that's like, oh, they changed the rules for Ohio State. Yes, I understand Like that that's not the greatest look for the Big Ten, but the Big Ten is botched 2020. Let's just go ahead, you know, as a, as a conference, from a play standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, the Big Ten has been a hot mess this year. From saying they weren't going to play until the spring because they wanted to kind of look good and progressive. No, 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 no. They originally came out with a conference-only schedule that was a really good schedule. And then they came out and said, we're not going to play. And they came out and said, we're going to play in the spring. And they came out and said, okay, we're going to play an eight-game schedule. (laughs) But we're not going to have any postponements. If teams can't play, it's considered a no contest. And if teams can't 
can't meet a minimum of six games, then uh, they're right. not they're not eligible for the Big Ten championship unless uh, some of the conference can't meet that threshold. Then by that point, it will be down to five games or. I don't know. It was like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> Bottom line, they botched the entire season. Um, and so, you know, I guess it, it's kind of stinks from that standpoint. But who knows if y'all would have been able to play Northwestern anyway, even if they hadn't changed the rules. It might have been it might have been gone back to Ohio State if you guys had been picked. So who knows? So, um, you know, it, it does, um, you know, like I said, at least speculation, the COVID cancellations, whether they could even play in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, their big wins over Penn State, Wisconsin, and Michigan, they all had a combined 9-12 and 12 record. Wisconsin needed to uh, beat Minnesota on the last weekend of the season to even get to 500. Um, and, they, I mean, there is, there is a case there. I'm not saying there's not a case at all for New Year's Six Bowl for IU. You can make a case for the Orange Bowl or the Fiesta Bowl, um, but Fiesta Bowl, you're not going to make a case over Iowa State or Oregon because they're both conference champions. And oh, yeah, so they're, you can't make, but I mean, Iowa State play, at least played in their conference championship, I think is what I meant by writing that down. Um, and then you, uh, you can kind of make a, ch- a case for the Orange Bowl, but I mean, Texas A&M, I mean, they're not better than them. They're not, and and I don't think they're better than UNC either. So I think the teams that they picked, the the, call, the playoff committee picked for the New York Six Six Bulls are correct, in my opinion. You can make the you can make the case for those two bulls, but even then, you, like I don't think IU fits in there as far as you know being a better team. So I, I don't think they got gypped out of a New Year's Six Bowl. You know, yes, you can make the case that you know, oh, they changed the rules on us, but you know, you had your own COVID issues, so. Again, I'll, I'll reiterate my point from earlier. Enjoy your the best season that you've had in years, and let's see if you can do it next year in, a, in what should at least be a, a somewhat normal year. Right. Yeah, I, I, this is definitely a cold take. They were not robbed. Who, who, who did they beat? Other than name recognition, right? record-wise, who did they beat? Michigan was bad this year. Penn State – Finally won a couple games at the end of the season. Wisconsin, Wisconsin was who we thought they were going to be. Uh, obviously, we all thought after that thrashing they gave to Illinois at the opening week for the big for the Big Ten that oh hey Wisconsin's le- legit. But then we realized wait a second, Wisconsin lost a lot. They don't have a run game. They don't have a defense. All they have is a quarterback that has nobody to throw. He has nobody to throw to. So yeah. Um, I think Wisconsin's probably the best team that they beat all season. Okay, congratulations. You went into Ohio State and you hung with Ohio State. Well, guess what? A lot of people get up to play for against Ohio State. You know? I mean, that's um, not what you said when I was arguing for it. But well, I said they'd get up for it. I just said they weren't going to pull <laughs> the upset. You were all for pulling the upset because there was going to be no home crowd. I said I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> for them to get up for it because guess what? Ohio State takes everybody's best shot sure. every week because they're Ohio State. That's what this is what happens. Now I'm not taking anything away. IU is a much improved team, but are you New Year's six caliber when you have you didn't beat anybody with a winning record? You yeah. didn't. So you're playing you you you're okay. All right. 
if you really want New Year's Six, we can swap you out, swap you and North Carolina out. You go up against Texas A&M, who was, you know, in the argument to make the college football playoff. Let's see how well you hang against them. Right. Good luck. At least you're paired up with somebody that is at least the same caliber as you, potentially. Now, I'm afraid they're going to go in there and just screw this up completely because they're so upset that they got left out of a New Year's Six Bowl. I know they're going to say, oh, but we got a chip on our shoulder. We got something to prove this, that, and the other. Well, prove it. Stop talking about it. Go out there and beat Ole Miss. And don't just win the game. Go out there and beat the snot out of them. So there's no asterisk next to it. If you go out there and you beat them by three points, guess what? There's going to be an asterisk next to that saying, congratulations, you beat a team that was four and five on the season in a bowl game. That's a team that shouldn't even have been in a bowl game. And, you know, I have a feeling that they're going to, like Ole Miss is going to go, we're being truly disrespected. You know, this is the Outback Bowl. We're an SEC team and they think, having to play us in this game is beneath them. Who are you? Seriously. Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> and I, I can see that actually happening. Looking at the big 10 East. But it's okay. It's okay though, because IU fans, even if it doesn't work out for you later in that day, you'll just turn your jacket around and you'll have Notre <laughs> Dame versus Alabama. Exactly. It'll, it'll be that fine. Won't end up very well for you either. <laughs> it's going to be a rough day. Very um, rough day. Uh, yeah, looking at the Big Ten, there were only uh, let's see, there were only four teams that finished above 500: Northwestern and Iowa in the West, who IU did not play, and then IU and Ohio State. So the only team that finished with a winning record that IU played this season, and like, I don't know, I, I know that it's technically not a losing record and thus a winning record, but it'd be 500. But I don't really, I, I've never been a fan of that. Is a, neither here nor there. Yeah. So winning record. Yeah. So the team with the best record that they beat was Wisconsin at three and three, who needed a win over a three and four Minnesota team to and a team that got thrashed by a two and four Michigan team at the beginning of the season. Um, they needed a win over them to even end up at five hundred. So at the end of the day, IU was good in a year the Big Ten was down. And they should be appreciative of that, be excited about that, and see what they can do next year. I really do wish the Big Ten would have stuck to their guns on that last weekend for the cross-division games. Rather than trying to appease the fans with upholding rivalry games, like, did we really need to try to push for the bucket game, Purdue and IU? Who was that going to benefit? Nobody. I would have much rather have seen trying to get pushed through a an IU versus Iowa game because, you know, Iowa winning record ranked would have been a tough challenge. It probably would have been the second best game IU would have had to play all season outside of the Ohio state game, obviously. Right. And that game probably had IU won that game would have propelled them into a, a new year six, in my opinion. Yeah. But the big 10 really screwed the pooch on that one because they decided, well, you know, cross-divisional, like second place versus second place, uh, not as not as fun as seeing IU versus Purdue. Uh-huh. Yeah. Purdue just would have just rolled over and played dead, essentially. <laughs> um, they just wanted to get done with the season, whereas IU and Iowa would have been a really good game 
and also would have been a game that could potentially have propelled IU into that New Year's Six. Now, had IU won, that would have been a game that could have been a resume game for them, essentially. Uh, you win that, yeah. And if you win that game and you get snubbed from the New Year's Six, then you have a right to be angry. But you know, that yeah. game never happened, so. Yeah, and so, I mean, it, they win that game. They uh, Maybe they're subbed in for Iowa State who lost, so maybe you put them in against Oregon, but congratulations, you beat another team that, like, <laughs> plays in a bad conference, and, and well, I mean, Oregon did win the Pac-12 at least, but, I mean, still, I, you know, who knows? Uh, so, like, you would have beat an Oregon team that's not the Oregon of old, basically, even though right. they are the Pac-12 champions. So, I mean, I'm not saying that, like, just because they probably, you know, they might have lost either of those two games, they don't deserve to be upset. Okay, fine, be a little bit mad, but don't let this year – be taken away because of the other thing is when these bowls get put together, these bowl committees look at fan base as well. IU, your fan base is just, is not there pandemic or not. It it, it just isn't. Even when you guys have a good football team and there is no pandemic, keeping fans out of the stands, your stands are still a quarter full, except when you play like Ohio state or Michigan, because they bring their fans or Wisconsin, they bring their fans Yeah, that, you know, there, there's more goose, there are more geese and goose poop in the stands than there are actual people in the stands. It's embarrassing. So that is a big reason why these new year six bowls did not want to invite you into their bowl game because they want TV ratings. Yeah, they can't. Have, I mean, there may be some fans in the stands, and they don't feel like you're actually going to buy the tickets. Why? Because you're all going to be too concerned about Notre Dame versus Alabama later in the day. They know these things. So if you guys actually build your fan base and actually care about your football team more than the, than when it's just winning, guess what? Maybe you won't get left out of these things. Speaking of Notre Dame, that's the next question. Uh, Notre Dame shouldn't have made the college football playoff hot or cold. For me, it's a hot take, and I will tell you why, Scott. And that's, I you think, tell me why. That's the whole point of the podcast, I'm pretty sure. So um, the reason why, okay, you look at their resume. Yes, they beat number one Clemson. They did beat number 19 UNC, and I'm pretty sure they beat them pretty handily. Too. Not like as far as score-wise, but like it was a good win. It wasn't they lucked into like a three-point win you know, at the buzzer or anything. Um, but – uh, and I will give the, the playoff committee this before I really rip them in the next question. I will give the college football playoff committee this caveat. Defining big wins and ranking teams this year is like defining a catch in the NFL. It was very hard to do because this team, they nobody's played the same amount of games. And, you know, this team has a big win here. Does not mean as much as this team getting a big win here? It was a tough year to rank teams, but still – the committee backed themselves into a corner because at number five, so Notre Dame loses. Next team you could have theoretically put in number five, Texas A&M. Well, they lost by, I think, 20, 30 points to Alabama when they played earlier this season. So that doesn't look very good. The next opponent uh, that you could potentially have put in um, is Iowa State. They lose the Big 12 championship game. So those two teams are out. Number seven, Florida. They lost to Alabama. Uh, in the SEC championship game. So you're not doing that. You have number eight, Georgia, who also got beat by Alabama in uh, their meeting earlier this season. So you're not picking uh, Georgia. But 
you would either have so you would either have to let in an eight no Cincy team or a two loss Oklahoma team. So you're not putting in Oklahoma. The next best choice is Cincinnati. And before you scoff at Cincinnati, here's the here's the Bearcats resume here. They have beaten because because the discussion every time is oh well they play in a weak conference you know whatever blah 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 blah. The fact of the matter is they beat every team in their conference by at least two touchdowns. So they won by at least 14 every time out. So it's not like they were barely winning games, they were preseason ranked, or got a big win early in the season and just barely hung on. They were dominating teams. The team, the only team uh, in that except to, that is an exception to that rule of losing to Cincinnati by you know less than 14 points is Tulsa, who is also ranked. Tulsa also played very well this season. You know, UCF at one point, you know, was, you know, considered to be a top 25 team. They played a a good season this year. So the American Conference is not a bad conference. They're kind of like what the Mountain West used to be with Boise State and TCU and all of them. So um, in a sense, like Cincinnati beats every team on their schedule by multiple touchdowns, as you would expect a team from, you know, if you're propping a team up and putting them in the top 10 from – you know, a non-Power 5 conference, you would expect them to beat everyone in their conference by multiple scores. And then the team they did beat in the conference championship game was another ranked team, and they still beat them by three. So you have an 8-0 conference champion, and are we really saying that Cincinnati is going to put on a greater or less performance than Notre Dame? I mean, would Cincinnati have opened at more or less than, you know, 17-point underdogs? If we're already conceding, the team that plays Alabama is going to lose by three scores. Why not let Cincinnati in? Why not let that – if Cincinnati goes out there and gets wrecked 62-10 to 10 by Alabama, then at least the college football playoff committee can say, well, we tried. Look, we, we selected a team from the American Conference. They played like crap. We're not we're, – it's going to be a couple years before we try that again. Like, they could have easily said that. And, and but, but, by the way, we have proof of teams – from even that conference going into their bowl game and beating SEC teams, UCF over Auburn. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Cincinnati could have beat Alabama. No way saying that. They would have lost. But are we really saying, and I know why that's Notre Dame is more appealing because of the fan base and the lore and whatever. Monday. Exactly. So that's what's frustrating about it because I think Cincinnati would have been a good choice and at the end of the day, we're talking about a team that's going to be blown out by Alabama anyway. So why not just go ahead and give an eight-no conference champion a shot? Well, you know, I'm going to say this is a cold take, mostly because Notre Dame's one loss was to top three Clemson, Notre, who they also who they also ultimately beat earlier in the season. Yeah, I know. No Trevor Lawrence, blah, blah, blah. They, I don't know. This is, it's so tough because it, I don't know. It's one of those that, yeah. Okay. I'll say this about Cincinnati. They deserved more respect from the committee than they got. This is a, that's a team that kept winning every week. And every week they kept falling in the rankings. So I will say that much. Were they, are they hundred percent deserving of being in the playoff? 
that's that's so tough because this year is just it's just a tough year in general i kind of feel like the committee was just like let's just get through it let's put the four teams in that we know are going to be able to play and let's not think too much about it this year oh don't take pity on the committee. They really try to get Oklahoma there. Did you see them at number six? They're like, oh, yeah. Oklahoma, we, we're still thinking about you guys. So I know that typically you're in, but once you I know, know at one point this year, you guys were not even in the top 25, but <laughs> <laughs> we, we got you, homie. We got you. Yeah, we, 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 we've been looking out. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, the committee is, <laughs> I don't know what they're thinking to, to be honest. They, they did not show any respect to Cincinnati whatsoever with the continuously dropping them week after week and then bumping Oklahoma that far that quickly. I don't know. At one point in the season, Oklahoma was dead to rights. And to be honest, hadn't had Oklahoma State not just decided to give up on the season, Oklahoma would have been a complete afterthought. Yeah. You know, it was the only reason why they got back in the conversation was because Oklahoma state just said, eh, Chubba Hubbard's done. We're done. No, no reason to play these games anymore. We'll just kind of phone it in the rest of the year. I feel like that's, that's what happened with a lot of teams. They just decided after a certain point, eh, it's just not worth it. Let's just phone it in. And I feel like that's what the committee did too. Eh. Yeah. Watch it regardless. The only, the only two teams that really matter are Alabama and Clemson. And they got in, so we're good. Yeah, and, but even then, that still doesn't excuse, like, then why not try and Cincinnati out? Like, that's that's my thing is that, like – I feel like this was the year they just decided, like, it's not worth trying. It's just not worth it this year. Why not? Are we saying that, like, no, Notre Dame is more, like, because of like, – I get the whole money thing. We'll get into all that okay. in a minute. But, like, Here, Here's – to be honest, I think – the status quo in Cincinnati being disrespected like they were is almost a good thing for the future. Hear me out. It's a good thing because now you're going to get more P- and, and Ohio state getting in when, you know, Dabo thought they were not even a top 25 team. Um, that's, that's silly. Let's yeah. be honest. That was just him trying. I don't know what, what was going on there. Like really, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to rank them as far back as I can just so they don't we try not to get them in. That, you know what that sounds like, Dabo? That sounds like you trying to avoid Ohio State <laughs> more than anything. But um, why, yeah, why is a head coach going into a game against your, like the opponent you're going to play in the playoff giving you, giving them that kind yeah, of bulletin board? Yeah, why? <laughs> oh, um, man. But I, I feel like, there's enough upheaval and uproar about the rankings this year that may actually give traction to expanding the playoff. Had Cincinnati gotten in and been respected the way everybody says they should have been, I think you keep status quo of top four. All right. It's, you know, look, somebody got their shot. That's all they, you guys wanted was somebody to get a shot. And they, they, we got it, you know, but now it's, there's a lot of people upset about this, a lot of talk, a lot of pushback on the committee. So now I think you may actually start to see a little bit of traction in expanding the playoff 
whether that's six teams, whether that's eight teams, I don't think it's ever going to go beyond eight because then you start opening up a whole other can of worms, moving it to 16. Whoa, buddy. Are there really 16 teams deserving of playing for a national championship? I mean, look, Coastal Carolina, yeah, they were great all season. And then they got to their bowl game and they got beat by unranked Liberty. Did you really want to see a team like that play in the college? Liberty's been ranked all year, I thought. Liberty's been ranked. Liberty has been ranked. So don't, you know, everybody, but everybody's like, oh, Coastal Carolina, just the way we thought you were. Like, really? Liberty was ranked this year until. I think BYU beat them. No, they beat BYU. Oh, they beat BYU. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah, Coastal Carolina was undefeated. I, I feel like this snub of Cincinnati will actually help moving forward with a possible expansion of the playoff. And we'll see. Uh, and I hope you're right on that. But I just don't. I don't. It's going to happen. Eventually, they're going to they're going to realize. Wait a second. We could make more money <laughs> if we expand the playoff. Yeah, I said that out as a tweet too. I was like, how how is like the the NCAA like in my lifetime the NCAA tournament has gone from sixty five to sixty eight, and I probably went. I mean, I probably went to sixty five like during my lifetime. I just don't remember because it was probably you know pretty early, but they went from sixty four to sixty five to sixty eight. Major League Baseball now wants to put like half the teams in. All the, half the teams already make it in the NBA and the NHL, and then you also the have now expanded. Yeah, to, like, and the reason why is money. So, like, how is college football like? Well, you know, I think it's good having the same five teams being contention every year with you because know because it's the same. The same five teams are the breadwinners for college football, right? You really, you really believe throwing a Cincinnati in there is going but here's to the thing. make there's, a ton of advertising dollars and bring here, in and make the, the, the ratings shoot through the roof? Who's going to tune in for Alabama thumping Cincinnati? So, okay, so let's, let's go, Whereas, go at it from this, you know, this standpoint. There's people that never stepped foot on Notre Dame's campus or even came close to attending Notre Dame are huge diehard Notre Dame fans. They're going to tune into that game and they are everywhere because guess what? They are Notre Dame football fans. They are IU basketball fans and they are New York Yankee fans. They are people that are going to tune into that game. And those are the people that they're going to make the money off of. So then then don't even worry about a play. Don't, I mean, just every year have those be the top four teams. And no matter what, what happens, win or loss, have them be in. If, hey, if that's basketball figured it out with that beginning of the season uh, champion invitation of champions where you have Michigan State, Duke, Kansas, and Kentucky play each other, kind of like a round robin every year. Yeah. They, they figured that out. Yeah. Now, let's be honest. Those aren't your nowadays for – I mean, there's more parity in college basketball than there is in college yeah. football. But I think all of that could also ultimately begin to change now as well with this new transfer rule. Because guess what? You got out of high school, the recruiting out of high school is going to start taking a really a big step back with this transfer rule. And right now, the top players flock to those four teams. Well, guess what? Then they get, they get stuck there because, well, every top player is at those four teams. Well, guess what? Not everybody gets playing time. Sorry, not everybody can be the starter. So you're going to start seeing now those – back end of the depth chart guys transfer out to other schools where they know they're going to get step right in and, you know, start immediately and be the best player on that team. So you may start to see some more parity in college football 
because of this transfer rule. rule. But at the same time, you may also see the, the G, the, uh, the greater six or the greater whatever the, you know, the non-power five conferences um, really take a huge hit because the best players for Cincinnati now may be like, well, I'm going to go into the transfer portal and try to get in at Clemson or Ohio State now that I've proven myself. So right. who knows? It, it, there's so many unknowns right now for the future of college football because of this transfer rule. And then also with the future of this potential NIL, the name image likeness um, stuff that's happening. I mean, then it's going to become the big names are going to want to go to the big programs because the big programs can get their name out there the most. Yeah. So there, it, there's just so much uncertainty going in, going forward in the college football world that I don't know if it's ever going to change outside of these top four or five schools, or maybe we're going to see an explosion of parity happening. I, I, I don't know. Um, you just kind of hope that the college football playoff committee decides, you know what, maybe it is time to expand um, to try to soften the blow, you know, or help expand the parity in the, in this game. Yeah. And I mean, that's a perfect segue to the uh, final question. And that is the college football playoff needs fixing. Uh, and that for me is a hot take. And you see the title of the stream, uh, the title of the YouTube video, um, you know, talking about, you know, the BCS and, and all that stuff. Uh, you look at the last five seasons of the BCS, Florida state uh, in 2014, it was Florida state, Auburn, Alabama, Michigan state. In 2013, it was Notre Dame, Alabama, Florida, Oregon. And in 2012, it was LSU, Alabama, Oklahoma State, Stanford. Now, I understand Stanford had Andrew Luck during this time, and Oregon had, like, Marcus Mariota and all them. Uh, 2011, it was Auburn, uh, Oregon, TCU, Stanford. In 2010, Alabama, Texas, Cincinnati, TCU. These are all teams. Most of those teams, yes, Alabama is a constant. Notre Dame is a constant. But there are several of these teams that have not even set foot in a college football playoff. And these were teams that were good at the tail end of the BCS at the introduction of the college football playoff. Now, obviously, Florida State, Oregon have all made appearances. Auburn has not made an appearance. Um, we have not seen uh, Florida make an appearance. TCU had a shot. Oklahoma State has not really had a shot. Some of these schools, you know, Stanford, not really at all. Of course, they've kind of fell, fallen apart ever since, you know, Chris Hogan and, and Andrew Luck, that kind of one-two punch of quarterback there. But, it, but even then, the last five seasons of the college football playoff, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma last year, 2018, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, 2017, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Alabama, 2016, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Washington, 2015, Clemson, Alabama, Michigan State, Oklahoma. So obviously you hear a lot of the same names in the college football playoff. And I understand it's because, you know, Clemson and Alabama are the only two teams that maybe are, you know, well, not maybe they are as at the pinnacle of college football right now. And everybody else, like you said earlier, B. Scott are just trying to catch up. But let's keep in mind, this will be what, the fourth or fifth time in the college football playoff that Alabama has played Clemson if those two teams make it. It already it's is getting old. It's already going to be the third time in the college football playoff that Clemson's played Ohio State. These are the same matchups we see every year. And you'll want to know why. It's kind of what you you know you were talking about in the last question, B. Scott. It's because these big prospects, if nothing else matters to them other than getting exposure and and getting drafted in the NFL, I mean, 
you know, why, why wouldn't you go to Ohio State? Why wouldn't you go to Clemson? Why wouldn't you go to Alabama? Because those are the teams making the playoffs every year. The only parity you might see is in the SEC. That's the only time you see maybe different schools ranked in the top 10. I mean, hell, heck, when's the last time you've seen Texas A&M ranked this highly, except for when they had Johnny Manziel? So, like, you know, it works for teams in the SEC because it doesn't matter who you are in the SEC. The SEC has had maybe the most as far as different schools making the college football playoff because they're the SEC. The college football playoff committee would have you think that any team that plays outside of the SEC, a team that play, any player that plays outside of Oklahoma, any team that plays outside of Clemson, any team that plays outside of Columbus, Ohio, or South Bend is inferior. That's what they would have you think because guess what? When they need to prop up Ohio State's win over Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game, they will do that to make Ohio State look good. But when you make the argument for eight teams, guess what? Number eight, Wisconsin, is we laugh at that. We scoff at that. You want to see Wisconsin up against Alabama? What? Why would you want to see that? They're the eighth best team in the country. There's 130 college football teams. You don't want to see the eighth best take on the first best? Like, what do you mean? And so, you know, you see the same teams every year. And like I said, if you want exposure as a player, why wouldn't you? go to one of those higher schools because you know those are going to be the teams in the playoffs. I mean, I was thinking about it earlier today. If I am a top high school prospect on the West Coast, why would I go play for the Pac-12? Because even if I'm at a good school on the Pac-12, I'm playing at 10 p.m. Eastern time. I'm not going to get exposure. And even if I do, you know, it's it's just not going to work out because we're – I mean, heck, this year if someone wanted to go to USC, had they won the Pac-12 championship game – they would have been barely in the top 10 or just outside the top 10 as a power five conference champion. Like, what are we even doing anymore? And even, like I said, conference champions mean nothing because you've seen teams that have been, you know, unranked or not unranked, non-conference champion teams that have made it in, you know, conference champions that have been left out. And so it's just because there's no, there's no reason, like you said, it's all about money. So why not take the biggest money, you know, biggest breadwinners and put them in the same, you know, put them in the college football playoff every year. So that's the thing, because I guarantee you, if you expand it to eight teams, if you, you know, start, if they start picking other teams to go in there, you're going to see the parity and the talent get spread out a little bit more. But like, you know, that's the thing, because like, if you want to go, if you're in the if you're an ACC country, you go to Clemson because if you go to North Carolina, well, even if you beat Clemson in the you know in the ACC championship game, you're not going to the college football playoff. Clemson is because they're Clemson and they are number two and got beat by number ten. So why wouldn't they go? And so it's it's just all convoluted. And, and you know the reason why I brought up the BCS is because you know the BCS did what like we we were mad at the bcs because it coveted the regular season too much and kind of devalued the postseason because only two teams made it it wasn't a definitive championship now the college football playoff has gone and devalued um yeah the regular season um but valued the postseason we're like hey we're giving you a definitive champion it doesn't matter what happens before but we give you you know you know, the top four teams battle it out. Well, yeah, but now it's gotten to a point where it's the same teams every year. We see the same matchups every year. Heck, I mean, I, I told our, you know, our, I told our uh, old college buddy, B-Pope, that I was like, hey, I want Ohio State to win only because it'd be something different. 
like even if it's just Ohio State, Alabama, it'd be something different. We haven't seen that since the semifinals in the first year with Ezekiel Elliott. That was a great game. Yeah, that was a fantastic game. And guess what? Some of the best games and some of the the most parity was at the beginning of the college football playoff where there wasn't this thought process of anything outside of these five schools is inferior football. I mean, you look at the appearances. I mean, Clemson and Alabama both have six. Ohio State, Oklahoma have four. Notre Dame has two. No other teams have multiple appearances. I mean, you know, you can't tell me that there's not, you know, other money programs in the Big Ten besides Ohio State. I mean, if Penn State wins, if Michigan State wins, Michigan wins. I hey, mean, Michigan State made the playoff. One year. One year when they beat Iowa. They they were forced to go in because they beat Iowa. But that's the thing. Like, we haven't seen those two teams really at the pinnacle of their talent since. I mean, Michigan State had, like, had like, had Kirk Cousins and rattled off a couple of Big Ten championship appearances, and now that it doesn't matter because they're not Ohio State, they've fallen into the pits a little bit. So, I mean – Well, Michigan State has just fallen into the pits in general. Yeah. So – that That's – they're nowhere near making a college football playoff anytime soon. Yeah. I mean, BCS appearances in four of the last five seasons, you know, Alabama made four or five. Pac-12 was in the top four. So, I was looking at the top four of the last five seasons of BCS. Alabama would have made four of the uh, five playoffs. Uh, Pac-12 was in the top four, three of the last five seasons. TCU made two appearances as the, as the Mountain West. Cincinnati made an appearance as the Big East, which has turned in kind of the ACC or the AAC now. Uh, you know, you had 13 different teams in five seasons as opposed to 11 t- different teams in the seven seasons for the college football playoffs. So, I mean, it just – they're like – there needs to be more teams and that talent needs to be spread out so we can actually get like a perfect system. And I know that there's not a perfect system that exists, but it's just so, it's so disheartening and so backbreaking to see the same four teams make it every year, essentially. And, you know, it's turned into, it's turned into basically, I I don't want, I, I hesitate to throw around the word corrupt or anything like that. I mean, that's a little strong, but it's just, it's, it's easy to tell that this is a biased way of how they're choosing the teams every year. Like, I don't know what needs to happen. You know, it starts at the top. Like, there needs to be, you know, let's have all commissioners from all 10 conferences be the college football playoff committee. And at least you'd have some sort of, you know, some sort of cohesion there or some, something like where there's not just, you know, I don't even know who's on the committee anymore, to be honest. But, you know. At one point, it, I remember early on it was – coaches yeah it was coaches it was like condoleezza rice oliver luck um, yeah because they used i remember they used to bring them into indianapolis and set up a big conference room at the um hall of champions ncaa hall of champions museum yeah and it was a big deal now it's just like some random athletic directors that and who knows i mean it could be like everything else where we see because i mean it's kind of like that with uh you know, well, it's like that with all professional sports now, too, where the commissioner is at least in some way, shape or form at the mercy of the owners. So who knows what kind of things? I mean, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here, but like who knows like what those those guys interests are that are the athletic directors and, and things that are on that committee? Who knows if, the, you know, they're like, OK, well, you know, obviously it's more profitable. All we care about is profit. And th- these are the four or five most profitable teams. So that's what we care about. And we don't care about naming a champion, whatever, all that stuff. We just care about getting the, you know, more eyeballs on the screen. Cause I mean, are you really telling me 
that a half of football from Notre Dame getting obliterated, uh, like the views that are going to watch the first half and by halftime it's going to be over, are, are they really – is it going to be really that much crazier than if it would have been Cincinnati? Like, I don't think so. I mean, obviously there would have been a little bit more. There's more of a fan base there. But I think you have more casual fans if you hear about, like, a Cinderella story. And that's a point that I heard someone else throw out too. Like, there's no Cinderella stories in college football. Because even if you go undefeated – yeah, I mean, TC- actually, in the BCS system, yeah, exactly. Was. You had Boise State beating uh, Oklahoma. You had TCU got to play Wisconsin, the Andy yeah. Dalton, JJ Watt year. Yeah, uh, I can't remember who their quarterback is. They beat they beat Alabama. No, Utah beat Alabama. You Utah. had you Florida uh, Cincinnati with Brian Kelly played Tim Tebow in Florida and got the crap beat out of them. Okay, um, I can't remember who their quarterback was, but that was like in the, like one of the last years of the Big East. Um, like Gunnar Keel. I mean, has a no, it wasn't Gunnar Keel, but it was it was somebody else. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, like heck, the, the BCS gave more smaller schools a shot than the college football playoff was even thought about. And I understand. Oh, Dad, Craig, there were five BCS bowls, and there's only two playoff games. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> it's like you know, the, there were more opportunities. Um, and here it is. So. I do, you know, I mentioned it earlier, you know, an hour and a half ago that I had a, a, um, I, I think a system that is more than eight teams that I think will, will be pretty good. Oh, now, oh, listen, no. listen, it will this, be, it'll be. Are we pulling, out the, no, no, are we pulling no. out the Craig Crash Collins Excel spreadsheet? No, 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 NCAA 14 no. Right although now. I have, I, okay. So I have been doing that in my spare time and, uh, I am almost through the first round. Uh, now, it doesn't do very well for my argument, but Cincinnati, number two Cincinnati, like a two-ranked Cincinnati is, uh, is beaten by number seven Auburn in the uh, in the first round. So that's a little sneak peek at that. I'm going to tweet about it later uh, once the first round is done. I was, Dude, first of all, the 32 it – will, it won't happen. I don't know if we want to see it happen, but the 32-team playoff, like the structure of what I have like in store for it, it would never like happen. But the first round played at is at played at home fields. So look, guess what? All you ads out there, you want uh, more money, more revenue, play to be in the top sixteen, so you can host a playoff game. Um, and then you want to talk about the there. Look, there are three bulls out of forty bulls in a given season. There are three bulls that mean anything. So you want to know how you make those bull, bulls mean something? Make them part of the college football playoff in the second round. And then all of these are broken down into four playoff regions, uh, Rose Bowl, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, Sugar Bowl. Then you have, obviously, those games that play out. And then you have one neutral site for the college football, like Final Four. It would be an awesome system. I love it. It would never happen because that's way too many teams for football. Um, But here is uh, my thought process. Because 16 teams would be the dream. Eight would be perfect uh, because competitive balance is um, lacking. Um, and, and that's ultimately what I want to see. But here is here is my thought process. And I thought about it today. And, and so it may not be super fully fleshed out, but just hear me out on this one. So you take the top 10. And here's what you do. First weekend of the college football playoff, it's after the it's the week after the conference championship games. So technically you give the conference, you know, the top six teams a bye. So seven plays ten. Eight plays nine as kind of a playing game. You can put them at both sides if you want, but also make it into a, um, you know, it, you know, make it into a, an actual like neutral side place, but they could also be home sites as well, whichever, whichever suits your fancy. We'll play them at Dayton. 
Yeah, I'm playing with Dayton. Yeah, exactly. Um, then, so you play those those two games. Then uh, you're at down to the final eight. So you re-rank everybody. So based on that, so for instance, if you came in, if you are Cincinnati, let's say you're ranked 10th and you win your first game. And so now you could theoretically be ranked seventh instead of eighth. So you could theoretically set yourself up for what statistically may be a better matchup in the second round. But that won't matter because then what you do is in the second round, you keep the BCS bowl games and you keep the like traditional matchups. So Big Ten, Pac-12, you know, the uh, SEC champion usually goes to the Sugar Bowl. ACC champion usually goes to the Orange Bowl, Big 12 to the Fiesta Bowl. And then you have and then you fill the bracket out that way because you're not because the bracket actually doesn't exist. I know I'm kind of like getting off the off the rails here. But the bracket using well, okay. So here's what it is. Seven through ten play we round one, right? Right. I got that part. Okay. So then the entire then there everybody's re-ranked. Then you play the BCS games. So Ohio State Did plays they do that in the NBA. No. Ohio State plays Oregon. Uh, you know, you have in this year you'd probably have Oklahoma play Ohio State or Oklahoma play uh, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. And then you have Clemson and Alabama play the two remaining teams. So then you get your top four from those BCS games. And then you play it out that way. It's a little bit of a longer process, but I think you have more action-packed games. All the con- By the way, with 10 teams, five conference champions, five at largest. So you can make your choices based on that. But at least at that point, because guess what? Through those, what, four rounds of playoffs plus conference championship weekend, that's six straight essentially playoff weekends, like five or six essential playoff weekends. Because right now, I mean, because guess what? Even this year, like the conference championships didn't matter. It only mattered to Ohio State. If Northwestern wins, they're not in. If Oklahoma wins, they're not in. If, you know, it didn't matter who won the Pac-12, they're not in. So you're telling me there's really only two, like had Ohio State lost, what would they have done? What would the playoff committee have done? I mean, they would have, they would have, Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like they would have been two SEC schools, and your two and your first round matchup would be Alabama versus Texas A&M, which we've seen before, and was a absolute drubbing at the hands of Alabama. Well, we probably what you ultimately probably see is Oklahoma, uh, Alabama versus Oklahoma. Yeah, we saw the we saw the affinity that the committee had for Oklahoma. Exactly. So that's that's my solution. I think a top ten would be good, but at the bare, bare minimum, it needs to be eight. Five com- easy, five conference champions, um, and then you have a reservation for a undefeated at large. You know that you can possibly put it. If you say five conference champions, are you really putting Oregon in there? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, why not? Why? why I would just say your top. I would just say whoever is ranked in your. But top. here's here's the thing that doesn't fix anything because guess that what. Does. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. It fixes nothing because then they'll just be like, let's pack all the SEC schools in there and call it a day because that's basically what they did. If there were eight teams this year, you would have gotten Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Texas A&M, and I think – no, you were – well, I mean, but, I mean, you have – I mean, I'm sure there was another SEC school around the cusp of being in – I mean, there would have been at least half – yeah, half of the half of the uh, college football playoff would have been from the SEC this year without any kind of relegation on conference champions. 
Like, well, that also has a lot to do with the fact that the SEC. That also has to do with a lot of the fact that the SEC actually played a full season. So I mean, right, but also like I'm on, just on a normal on a normal season. And that, by the way, that doesn't mean that one through five are the conference champions. You could have Oregon be number eight and play Alabama in the first round. Okay. I mean, but I mean, because I I just want conference champions to mean something, man. I I do. I, I'm tired of going in. No, like last year when Oregon beat Utah, even with, you know, uh, his name's escaping me for quarterback now for the uh, Chargers. But uh, Justin Herbert. yeah, Justin Herbert, even with, you know, a good Oregon, a better Oregon team than this year, there was no chance they were going to make it in. Now, granted, it was a full season. They lost two games. But like Utah was playing for their for the Pac-12's right to get in. And even then there were people that didn't want to see Utah in because we have this idea in college football that anything that isn't the SEC or isn't the other four schools we've talked about is inferior football. And that's what I want to change about college football is the, is because that's what will happen even with eight teams is that you'll see the first year out of the gate with eight teams, you'll see Alabama drub the eighth best team. And you'll see all the pundits go, see, we told you, we told you, you didn't deserve to have eight teams in there because they won't let time for competitive balance to actually set in. But your your argument, I mean, okay, you put you put your five power five conference champs in, and then the committee still tries to pack it in with SEC or whatever. I mean, maybe, but at least leaves a Cincinnati on the outside looking in because well, Cincinnati doesn't match up to Auburn. I mean, Georgia. I mean, maybe, but at least then then what? Are are we going to keep expanding it until every undefeated team gets in? I mean, we already saw what they did this year with eight. I mean, so basically what would happen is you have the five conference champions. So, yeah, maybe Oregon beats out of Cincinnati this year. But I think the competitive balance will change. You will see more teams like that. Because remember, the year that Utah, for instance, the year that Utah beat Alabama, Utah finished that season ranked third. Right. So, like, you will have, and I think the year that Boise State beat Oklahoma, I think they were, like, into the season in the top, like, you know, eight, I think that year or whatever you saw when TCU, you know, well, TCU, no, in order to get to the BCS, you had to be within the top 12. Okay. So well, perfect already. Like, already. but like there was a year in the BCS where Boise state played TCU, like two, a, a wax school and a mountain West school got a chance to play on a big stage in the BCS. Yeah. That would not have been allowed to fly back in the, or that would not be allowed to fly in today's college football playoff. So, um, that's all I'm saying is that like, yes, you could have a situation where that happens, but at least with five conference champions, conference championships mean something. You have a story where, Hey, had Virginia knocked off Clemson last year, Virginia's in, then what do you do with Clemson? Clemson then now becomes a bubble team and could potentially knock out somebody who went into conference championship weekend, hoping that the status quo would stay the same. Like you have excitement there with that, at least like, I, I know, and that's the thing too. There's not going to be, at least where, where with the way it is right now, and even back in the days of the BCS, you're never going to get every season uh, there being a a smaller school getting an opportunity. It's not going to happen every year, but at least with eight teams, ten teams, six teams, whatever, it opens the door for that. It makes the competitive balance greater because you now have kids that are like, "Hey, I can, I, I don't only have to go to five schools if I want to be." put on a, on, you know, a platform of any kind. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I like that. 
The only okay, so I I totally agree. I'm not gonna I'm gonna get mine out pretty quick, but <laughs> I agree there needs to be a change. The thing that's holding them back from making the change is the the old school crowd and them wanting to keep the sanctity of the history of some of these bowl games. Well, guess what? We're not always going to get the Pac-12 and the Big Ten and the Rose Bowl. Matter of fact, guess what? The Rose Bowl is not even being played at the Rose Bowl this year, so history be damned. Um, I think we're going to need to take – there needs to be taken baby steps to fix this. Baby step number one, six teams. All right? You're in it – before they even make it – I mean, if they, here, there's two options here with this. You take the top six teams, however they may be ranked. Number one and number two get a bye into the semifinals. Okay, easy enough. Option two with the top six, you have your power five conference champs and one at large. Top two teams still get a bye into the semifinals. Maybe step number two or option, next option would be seven teams. All five power, five conference champs get in and you have two at large. With, at that point, um, I believe, let's see, that would, I think basically your top three teams get a buy. I, I, I would, I don't know. Yeah, with seven teams, yeah. you'd have to have three teams have a buy and then play basically, yeah, four versus seven and five versus six yeah so that one may not work as as well as the first option so i think that's what we're gonna you you could potentially see as some baby steps like that and then move into if that works i would see a, a quick turnaround to expanding it to eight um but i i think it's got to be baby steps at first and six seems to be a good jumping point to see how all of this could potentially work out with adding games. Because remember, if you start adding games, you're going to have to take away some games in the regular season. Not necessarily. Well, because here's the thing. So back in the day, they didn't, you didn't want to see a longer playoff or anything like that because of player safety. And you can still go that route of player safety, but obviously that, if, and also, if player safety meant academic, anything, well, true. You, but I was like, if player safety meant anything this year, what about conference championship week? I mean, con- wait, it, oh, I don't know. I forget. It's, yeah. Conference championship week is typically to round but, out finals week. But I'm, we don't think about, think about finals and how, where it lands. We don't care but about prep as well. We don't care about academics when we have a week of co- of college basketball ch- tournaments and then the NCAA tournament for three weeks. Yes, we do. <laughs> yes, we do. It's student athlete. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, also, by the way, keep in mind that if you have the five conference champions make it, then that will force the committee to rank because they, they know the rankings after six don't matter. So that's oh, why God. that's why you see, you know, you know, IU make the gigantic jump they've made this year. You see, you know, you've seen a lot of jumps, uh, you know, like 
the the jumps that they had teams make, like I was looking at it, like Texas A&M after they beat Florida went to number, and this was they had already lost to Alabama by this point. They were ranked eight. They got up to five by beating middling SEC teams, like they beat South Carolina and Arkansas and all them. Same with I think uh, Georgia, like Georgia, like they they had a big win over Auburn at the beginning of the year, but like they finished the year beating middling SEC SEC teams, but they like climbed up. Florida is the only team that's not Alabama that I think like actually can be. I mean, Texas A&M is good, but we don't really know how good because they their wins are against the because the SEC also didn't have wasn't at their cream of the crop this year mm-hmm. as far as talent goes. But like, at least like. You wouldn't see Oregon okay, because Oregon at number one, what are they like 24, 23? Like that's a pity ranking. That's like when they made uh Yukon 22 one year because they were undefeated Big East champions or wherever they were when they played Oklahoma and got thrashed. Um, like th- you wouldn't see those pity rankings because because that's what the committee does all season. Is they that's why you know that's why earlier on in the year, Georgia and Alabama were two versus three. Well, that's the reason why is because oh, guess what? Two versus three is a playoff game. So they know they'll get the big, you know, that's why you see, you know, if Penn State plays Ohio State and Penn State, you know, is six the week before, you know, two weeks before the game, that's why they bump up Penn State with a win up to four. So you can say, oh, number one versus number four playoff teams. So like you would see Oregon or whoever be, you know, you'd see, you know, USC going into the Pac-12 championship game would have been ranked maybe 12th, 10th, something like that. If there were eight teams, if there were six teams, because you don't want to be made a fool of, by having, oh, look, you know, this Pac-12. Now, granted, you'd also open up the door to have what you had this year with an Oregon team that wasn't very good making the playoff. But, I mean, look, I mean, how often have we seen, like, the New York Giants? I know this is professional football, but how often have you seen, like, the New York Giants? This year you're going to have a team from the NFC East that is under 500 that makes the playoffs. And well, hey, like, it wasn't too long ago that a UConn Huskies basketball, men's basketball team needed essentially to win the Big East tournament to get into the NCAA tournament. They won it on the back of Kemba Walker and kept Kemba kept carrying that team all the way to an NCAA national championship. Exactly. And, and do you hear anybody screaming at the top of their lungs? UConn didn't deserve it because they weren't the top four team all year. Nope. Exactly. So like, look at how great of a story that was. that was. Yeah. Now, exactly. well, well, it may not count, actually. I don't remember. Is, <laughs> yeah. that one of the, is that one of the ones that Kevin Ollie got dinged for? I, who knows? I don't remember. I don't know. I don't know who's got what. I, <laughs> I just know that it happened on the, on the field of play. There and... is a period of time that does not exist. <laughs> In any sports. <laughs> Oh man. Well, before we are, are you, have you, have you said your piece? I've said my piece. Okay. We should probably wrap it up here. Uh, but before we go on two hours, yeah, I know. Didn't I, before we went live, I was like, Hey B Scott, you're not feeling the greatest. I'm going to try to keep it short. And then here we are on almost two hours. Um, quickly we'll go through our college football playoff predictions. Uh, for me, uh, first round, uh, Rose Bowl, I have Alabama over Notre Dame. Easy. I don't think this is a close game at all. Um, Alabama rules. Sugar Bowl, as much as I want to see Ohio State win, I think Clemson is the better team. By the way, I don't buy into any of the, oh, they only played six games. They don't deserve to be there. I mean, Ohio State came into the season ranked, um, you know, ranked. Two or three. Yeah, I was like, so even at a full, 
season, especially with the Big Ten being down. I think Ohio State still, you know, you, you put them on the field the for seven. They missed the two games that they missed, Maryland and Michigan. You yeah. really think those were going to make it that big of a difference? No, no, no. no. Who else did they miss? They missed one more. I don't know. It was, it was, it was like basically. Did you yeah. really think? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have uh, in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, so the Sugar Bowl, Clemson over Ohio State. So that makes another rematch of Clemson and Alabama. And I'm just going off of pure hatred for Alabama. I, I actually don't mind Clemson. I like, you know what? It's very simple for me. I like Trevor Lawrence. I like the Clemson. I like the Better get used to him. He's going to be in the AFC South for that, the next That is true. Uh, I may not like him too much if he's in the uh, Jaguars teal next year. But, uh, oh, he um, will be. They oh, yeah. it. Yeah, they did. Um, so, yeah, so um, I have Clemson over Alabama in the national championship game. Clemson raises the banner. I think that's going to be the third time that they've beaten Alabama in the national championship game because they won with Deshaun Watson. They won a couple of years ago with Trevor Lawrence, and now they get a chance to do it again. Yeah. So Rose Bowl, man, I would have loved to have seen Clemson and Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. Can we just yeah. switch that up? I know it's not being played at the Rose Bowl, but still. I'm one of those history guys. I'm like, yeah. eh, you know. Big 10 needs to be in the Rose Bowl. Um, Alabama over Notre Dame. Would I love to be shocked? Of course. But l- let's be honest. This you, heard is- it for your, you heard it here first. Notre Dame, Ohio State in the national championship game. But I actually, I'm actually <laughs> going to go with Ohio State over Clemson in the Sugar Bowl. Mostly because Ohio, what, Ohio State's big struggles – early on in the door, the big 10 championship game was getting, trying to figure out their, their passing game without Chris Olave. He was out with COVID. He'll be back. And that's going to be a huge, huge help. And now that we've also seen the emergence of Trey Sermon, let's just be honest, watching that game for Ohio state and Northwestern had me, re, had me remembering Ezekiel Elliott just absolutely taking over at the Big Ten championship game, and then right into the college football playoff. It was very reminiscent this of, of that performance that Trey Sermon had. Which, by the way, Trey Sermon uh, was a transfer from Oklahoma. Um, so yeah, that doesn't really matter, but you know, kind of fun. Um, so I'm going to have Ohio State over Clemson mostly because I trust the uh the run game of ohio state and when clemson does face a tougher defense notre dame is a very tough defense they are very they are a tough defense their run game does get shut down pretty easily um now it does open up a little bit more with uh trevor lawrence being a mobile quarterback he's able to throw the ball around a lot so this game is not going this game's gonna be a close game but it's not going to be a defensive battle. It's going to be a shootout, just like it was last year. Um, and also going into this game, Justin Fields has really something to prove. One, being left out of the Heisman conversation. And two, he has really he, – he took that loss to Clemson last year personal. And it was his mission to get back to this position. So Ohio State's going to come out firing on all cylinders. Championship game, Alabama versus Ohio State. I'm going to go with Ohio State just because, like I said, this tr- the performance we saw from Trey Sermon is very, was very reminiscent of um, Ezekiel Elliott being able to carry that team. And then, you know, against Alabama early on in the second, in the semifinal, Ohio State had some good passing 
games there um, from Cardell Jones to Michael Thomas. So I could, and then we could see Justin Fields and Chris Olave have uh, be hooking up quite frequently as well, as well as Garrett Wilson in there. Um, so yeah, I got Ohio state winning it all mostly because they, they have the bulletin board material as well, guys. This is a team that everybody's saying does not deserve to be in there, but Notre Dame does. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just ridiculous. It, uh, it's all ridiculous. But yeah. So B Scott's got Ohio state winning it all. I have Clemson. Uh, remember, you we can... all know what's going to happen. Notre Dame's going to win it all. Oh yeah. Notre Dame. A hundred percent. Go all of your life savings on Notre Dame. Make sure you do If that, that happens, folks, buy stock and ponchos and wear them if you watch any post-game stuff because everybody's going to be bringing Lou Holtz on and it's going to be like watching Daffy Duck on Saturday oh morning God. cartoons and he's just going to be spitting right through your TV. <laughs> Remember, you can follow us at Crash Course at them on Twitter, like us on Facebook, Crash Course Podcast. Follow us on or subscribe to us on YouTube. Um, the end of the year podcast is coming out. Um, it's going to be YouTube exclusive, so make sure you're locked into that. Um, also, uh, make sure if you are on the audio side of things, make sure that you go follow us on Twitch, uh, 3C Media. Uh, remember, you can listen live every week on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be heard. You can catch the Crash Course podcast. B. Scott, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Scott 87. We will be back next week because it will be time to talk about the NFL playoffs. But until then, have a good week, everybody.